Welcome in everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at BurnOrangeNation.com. Before we get started today, I'd love to remind you, if you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends wherever you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, all of the major places where you can find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and I. You can also connect with us on social media at LonghornPod. Shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook, the Longhorn Republic, obviously on Facebook. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by Joe Jonas's second favorite campus tour guide, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? I'm all right, all right, all right, my friend. Um, you know, just sipping a little uh, little coconut water, just uh, keeping it real real, real chill, real, real Austin over here. Now, it's not... Like Vita Coco coconut water. Kyle, you currently are in the most ridiculous way possible sipping from an actual coconut as we record. That's right. The fans, we keep teasing it. You know, when you when you sign up for the uh, the elite premium package, you can get the video feed of these and you can see um, how we try to flap one another, how we try to break one another um, in true Jimmy Fallon SNL style. And, and I did get you today when you turned back around and I was sipping out of a raw coconut. Absolutely. I was trying to figure out why Jim Vardy was trending on Twitter and and looked up to see Kyle sipping straight out of a coconut, but that's totally fine. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the bowl matchup. We're going to try to line up another interview like we do over the summer uh, to get some more insight on the Utah Utes because Kyle and I really don't know much, but Texas was matched up with number 11 Utah in the Alamo Bowl uh, after Utah lost to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship to basically miss out on the playoff. Can you imagine, Kyle, going from a spot in the college football playoff to being relegated now to a weekend at the Alamo Dome? But Texas opens up as a six-and-a-half-point underdog uh, against the uh, the Utah Utes. It's... um. This looks a little more lopsided on paper than it probably is, right? Yeah, I mean, so like you said, it's it's I cannot have any context for how a team must feel missing out on the, the college football playoffs and then having to play UT. Um, so it's it's to to be determined whether you know they really want to be there. Um, I don't think they get the SEC homers out there, so we may not get quite the narrative. But yeah, this is a really really good team. Um, but they haven't necessarily played like an absolute um, world-beating strength of schedule. So I'm not trying to take away from the fact that they're a very good team. I just don't know if we know exactly how good they are. Um, I don't think we know exactly how good these Longhorns can be on their best days. Is, is uh, You basically come down to, can Texas be the team that, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda dropped a touchdown Keontae Ingram and, you know, who knows, uh, James Harden dunk reverse that and maybe the the panel gives them the win. Um, If he catches it, uh, one play makes all the difference. But, um, you know, that team, if somehow that team shows up, they can beat Utah. Um, But, you know, we'll see. It's it's there's a lot left to be seen because Oregon. Oregon kind of showed you what the the recipe is for beating Utah, and that was like run at the middle of their defense, which 
everybody was really high on Utah's defense. And then uh, C.J. Verdell just dropped 200 on them, uh, 208 and three touchdowns, including kind of a 78-yard. Like, it looked like Utah was trying to, like, claw its way back into that. And then Verdell went for 70 and kind of slammed the door shut. Uh, Huntley threw as many picks in this game as he as he did in the previous 12 games. So uh, you're able to – I don't know. If Utah can't establish the run, then Huntley's not going to be able to beat you. Uh, on the year, Utah has been good on offense, 34 points a game. But again, they haven't beaten a ranked team yet. So uh, it's there's a lot to, to be said about that, Kyle. I just, what are you looking for? What do you want to see from Texas uh, as it comes out in this bowl game in, in a few weeks? You know, we'll have a full preview uh, as the game approaches. But as we think about what what we want to see from Texas playing against a ranked team, an impressive performance against Utah and even a win gets them a number by their name as they close the season. Yeah, and that would be a fantastic feeling, right? I mean, it, last year we were officially, quote, back um, after after a, a big bowl game. It can, it can change pretty much the entire narrative of a season. I don't think this win will make Texas fans um, wish that we had all of the, the – uh, the fired coaches and everyone back. I think we know we needed a change. We can do better, but it will change the narrative. You get basically, it, it determines how the next four months really go, the coverage uh, and everything. So it is big. It is important. Um, and it is a great chance truly just to say, look, like we may have had our, our lumps and been up and been down, but this is still Texas football guys. And, and Tom Herman, you know, really wants to prove that he is still uh, an elite coach to be reckoned with that you give him a month. He can game plan for just about anyone. And I, and I truly like to think that. So um, for me, I want to see the offense continue to perform. Texas tech was, you know, a, a wild change on the, uh, on the, the, the graph, right? The, the trend for the offense was heading, you know, nose diving down, um, with tech being a huge spike. So, um, is it now, you know, going to sustain or go up from that level, or is it going to, uh, be a bit of an aberration against, you know, what, what everyone concludes should be a really good Utah defense. So I, I, I think for me, it's how that offense, how Sam Ellinger, um, who, you know, really just did what needed to be done in the bowl game last year. Um, you know, a, a team that was reeling a little bit against Missouri um, with some players out, had a great game plan, um, secured the bag against them. So it, if that offense can come out and do just what they need to do, do whatever it is to get, you know, 35, 38, 40 points, whatever it is, just enough to to get over uh, on the Utes. The defense is really what I want to see because Utah has shown that their defense, their offense is a little bit of a glass cannon where that 34 points a game they put up against some bad teams. Mm -hmm. And so I want to see if this defense can force Huntley to, to pass the ball and force Huntley to try to fit the ball into some tight spots uh, because this is a team that we've talked about it a lot. I think the, the number was six quarterbacks went for their career highs against this defense. And so I want to see the Texas defense, especially as we'll talk about it on Thursday, going to be able to get some young guys, some reps. I want to see the young pups able to get out there and make some plays uh, to really build some confidence. Cause if you can think about it, early signing day or not really early signing day signing day is December 18th. And then 13 days later, Texas can go out and put a big number up on Utah and hold them to a small number. And so that would be some incredible momentum going in to the off season as Texas looks to hopefully uh, reload as on the coaching front. We'll talk again more about that as news comes out. There's, there's so much still to be uh, proven 
for Texas in this bowl game because there's a there's a massive difference between eight and five and seven and six when you look at records at the end of the year. Yeah, like, like I said a minute ago, I mean that that really has a, a an entirely um, just different feel. I mean, you just the number next to your name, the eight wins, which again we are not Aggies, we don't rejoice in eight win seasons. But from hey the the wheels had fallen off we had to fire people do you know what like we we circled the wagons we were able to you know to to do it for the seniors we were able to um, beat a really good team in a bowl for the second year in a row that that sends a message that says something that writes the ship I think that um, has a has a lot of a lot of positives um, that it, that it sends throughout the entire nation football in general is better in Texas is good. So there's a lot of a lot of bowls to be had. A lot of all the matchups are out there. Side note, if you follow us on Twitter, I we were not saying we're going to cheer for OU. I just need to know who do I need to make fun of the most on Twitter. And and again, it's probably going to be both, both. is the real answer to that question. The answer is definitely we're gonna both. slander absolutely everybody because well, if you follow us on Twitter, you know that's our favorite thing to do is to make fun of everyone so let's talk now Kyle a little bit about men's basketball because they beat a little team from uh, a little ways away on the road well I guess it's kind of a neutral site game but that's fine uh but Texas men's basketball beat Texas A&M 60 to 50 once again validating their coaching choice and the amount of money they're paying to a coach uh Texas continues to have a hot start to the season but they're not ranked in spite of being 8-1. and one. Texas built a 10-point first-half lead and basically just held it through the second half. It was a really Im- impressive performance, at least I think, in some ways from Texas. Yeah, I mean, there was a, there was a lot to, to like about this game. I mean, you know, just, hey, we're 8-1 and one in our first nine games. I think anyone would take that if you told them at the beginning of the season. So just from all things aside... It's a good win. It's a good win over Texas A&M. It, it extended, you know, it was getting a little close there. We hadn't played since 2015. Extended the series lead to 138 to 86. Um, not quite as bad as, as the football team, but, but pretty substantially one-sided as all of this rivalry is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a win over the, the dear old Ags, right? It's, it's a good day. And then when you think about, instead of the macro and get a little bit into the micro, um, this was kind of the the Yak performance we'd been wanting to see. Coach Yaklich, um, renowned for his defense, just um, Texas had active hands. They looked like they were you know all over the place playing good defense. Um, a couple guys probably had their best defensive game of the season. Uh, Kai Jones being one of them. I thought he just in the second half especially looked really really good and continues um, to improve every week that he's on this team, which is uh, which is fantastic. And, and I mean, if he keeps this trajectory up, could be a star. In the making, but um, yeah, I mean, ten steals, twenty-one total turnovers for the Aggies, twenty-two points off of it for for UT. That's that's your game right there. Yeah, and and I think the Fabres was able to to really pace the team. The ball movement, I think, was probably the most impressive thing for me. Texas was not settling for a quick and easy shot, and I think that was a was part of the reason why they would go on those offensive droughts. Uh, it's because last year they weren't making the extra pass, and this year they are, and so you saw a lot of guys were able to get open in the corner, moving the ball really well. Uh, Andrew Jones came off the bench and scored 12 points. It's never a bad thing uh, when your six-man puts up double digits. And so the the 
just the way that the offense, it looks like they're communicating well. It looks like the they're able to see the open passing lanes, that they're able to see the right pass to make in order to set up an open shot. And Texas has been it's it's crazy for me to see all these big men knocking down three pointers. I mean, your five star center is not supposed to be the guy that's hitting a three from the top, and well, that happened against A and M. And so the ability to stretch the floor while also kind of being able to attack and control the paint that's a recipe for a team that can win a couple of games in conference play in a Big Twelve that's going to be really competitive this year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's a that's a really great point when you look at where they are. Um, you know. The, the, we, we said before they didn't have a Febris game. We got a Febris game with four three-pointers leading the team. Andrew Jones continues to play a lot of minutes, which is just fantastic. And he just had the energy out there look great. Like, there's so many things where it's like people are, are cresting and coming down and coming back up. You're just seeing guys continue to be good and, and different guys are stepping up. It's not a single um, player we're relying on. And that's great because I think what that means is if they can continue this during Big 12 and have different people they can rely on, then this is a team that can put something together. Um, Kansas looks really, really good. Um, so challenging for a Big 12 title is going to be tough. Um, but there's no reason they can't, you know, uh, get in like the third uh, maybe fourth position um, in the Big 12 or, or even better. You know, surprise me. Um, they are in the others receiving votes right now at 8-1. and one. Um, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with the strength of schedule, Daryl. Let me just break this down for you real quick. They are at 223rd in strength of schedule. A lot of that has to do with uh, playing number 295-ranked McNeese, one of the worst teams in the country, who they beat by two points um also 268 prairie view a&m which they won by 14 but the score line was a little deceptive that one was closer than it seemed um they've played number 192 183 169 148 and number 142 texas a&m they've only played two top 100 ken palm ranked teams one of those was a win over purdue which is fantastic he has them at number six uh and then georgetown who they who they lost to and 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 they're getting worse and 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 you, you might be thinking okay well they still have three more games before big 12 play they could shake that up now no they're they're three games left are against number 190 number 68 i guess respectable and uh number 338 uh that's that's out of like 350 so um it's not going to get better that may not help them in the rankings but say you, you win all those you're going to be 11 and one are they really going to leave you unranked come on you got to win the games on your schedule right and I'm going to be really let's let's rewind 12 months. Texas with a very similar schedule. Yeah, it's fair. Was was not playing very well, not playing good basketball and so the fact that they're winning these games against poorly ranked teams or low ranked teams I'm going to call that a positive. Regardless of where these teams are ranked, Texas is winning the games, which is not something we could have said a year ago. So, you know what? Go 11-1 and one against terrible teams, great. Win 11 games because there are a lot of teams that have lost more than one game at this point in the season and will have in a couple of weeks. I love that. No, I mean, keep and, and keep refining the things that you're going to be your identity because the Big 12 is good this year. The Big 12 is good a lot of years. They are, they are good this year. Um, I don't know how deep the elite teams are. There's a Kansas and a Gap, um, but that next level is, is full of some good teams. Um, so it's it's going to be a challenge. So take this time to really hone in your identity. Um, I, I think Coach Yaklich is starting to kind of work his magic and, and give the team a defensive identity. Um, they're currently 38th in adjusted defense. Um, the area I'm, I might want to see a little improvement in, but I guess, hey, if it ain't broke, don't break it. Um, they are 330 third 
in tempo. Um, there are 353 measured teams in Ken Palm's rankings for tempo. That's per, kind of possessions per game, um, the pace that they play with. Um, <laughs> they could probably go a little bit quicker and see how that works for them. But if it doesn't work, then, hey, slow it down, grind it out, play the defense. No one's going to be looking at those adjusted stats if Texas keeps winning. I'm not the guy to, like, crap on advanced stats. I actually love advanced stats. But you know what? Just win, baby, is how I'm feeling right now with Texas basketball. So now that brings us to the part of the show where we give some shine to the teams that don't necessarily get as much publicity as they should, and we down the 40. And, Kyle, I think we have to start with volleyball. Like, we'll, we'll talk about women's basketball because they, they also had a big weekend. But Texas volleyball uh, hosting the opening rounds of the NCAA tournament at Gregory Gym, swept the Albany Great Danes before going to five sets with the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos to advance they're taking on Louisville in the regionals Friday, uh, this Friday, the 13th. It's exciting. The next round would be the winner of Minnesota and Florida, which would be a tough, tough matchup for them, but a big weekend from the ladies. Yeah, it's uh, it, they, they got to beat two of the best mascot names in the tournament. Um, so, you know, that's always tough when you're distracted looking over at Olay, the Gaucho, um, or Damien, the Great Dane. I don't know if they actually brought their mascots, but the, I did look up the mascot names. Th- that's got to be a little distracting, and I'm just going to chalk it up to that, that the ladies were a little distracted um, against Albany or just wanted to keep a little, you know, TNT we know drama going. Um, and, and, and it isn't that there's anything uh, to be worried about. I expected a little bit easier, but hey. They won, I believe we said earlier, just win baby. So I am uh, I am still all in on this team making it all the way to the Final Four and then and then seeing, but they do have some tough ones on the horizon, uh, like you said, Louisville um, coming up Friday, and then they if they win that game, we'll get the winner of number seven, Minnesota, or number 10, Florida, the toughest kind of team in their bracket. So... Um, it, it will be it will be interesting this next round. This will really probably prove the metal of of this team. Absolutely, and, and I think it's going to take. I mean, the the, the stars that we've talked about all all season, uh, Eggleston, White, and Butler. Those three had big weekends. Logan Eggleston, uh, thirty two kills in two games. Mikhail White, thirty kills in two ma- in the two matches uh, across them. And then Brianni Butler had a huge game uh, against Santa Barbara, fourteen kills and ten blocks. Big night. So it'll take a lot of effort from those three. Ladies. So speaking of a lot of effort from those ladies, women's basketball knocking off undefeated number 17 Tennessee Volunteers proving who the true UT is mm-hmm. on the road. They went into the unfriendly confines and came away with a W. That's right. Uh, this 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 would not have flown with the legend Pat Summit. You know, she would have uh, she would have let them ladies, and they'd probably still be running wind sprints. But yes, there is obviously the official agreement. If this game is played on either side of the the Mississippi, does everyone know this? You get to use uh, who who uses the UT moniker. So since it was played uh, in Knoxville, technically they were UT and we were the University of Texas. But if it's played in Austin, uh, we would get to be UT. That is an official agreement. But they proved. Take your legal barrister with your your powdered wigs. Take your take your your legal decisions and 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 you know uh, uh, swish them. I don't know a good basketball term. Swat them away um, because uh, they didn't have box any... them out. Yeah, there it is. Box them out. Um, 
the uh, the number seventeen Tennessee Lady Vols had, had had no no chance against the motivated UT, proving both the correct shade of burnt orange or of orange and who the real UT is. And Suge Sutton, Charlie Connor, both uh, looking fantastic. So there, there's there's some life to this team. I like they're 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 getting getting their legs back under them. Absolutely, I think it was a story of turnovers. We talked about it. In the men's game, Tennessee committed 14 turnovers. Texas scored 14 points off of those turnovers. So that's going to be a key performance indicator for a basketball game right there. So Texas moves to 5-4 and four on the season. Uh, they're going to take on Stanford at home this weekend. So it should be a good matchup. Hopefully the ladies can continue to build off of that momentum. And now's the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So, Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week? Well, I have to bang the drum on on, on this because I didn't believe it. I, I thought it was like some kind of internet hoax. I thought it was like when, you know, I heard um, that insert your favorite celebrity is dead um, in 2006 before we really knew how to internet and, and confirm that though. I guess it still does happen. People get Mandela affected as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I could not believe that, that this was a real headline. Like how, how has it taken so long? I don't know, but either way um, sins were rectified. Um, and, and this, uh, this week, the college football Hall of Fame, which literally had had no justification for existing before this week, uh, inducted Vince, Vincent Young into the College Football Hall of Fame, putting him where he belongs with an elite list of the greats. I've been to the College Football um, Hall of Fame. It's in Atlanta. It's, it's pretty cool. And now, like I said, it's finally uh, justified. Vince is the 23rd Longhorn in there, um, in my mind, really one of if not the most deserving, I will I will go to my grave fighting saying that Vince Young is the greatest college football player of all time and only uh, Herschel Walker and, I don't know, I'd give you two or three others if you really wanted to get down into it, can even sit down at the table and, and argue their case uh, with the man, V.Y., who runs down the sideline with the big brass ones going click-clank, click-clank, click-clank. So Vince Young, legend forever, now where he belongs in the... Uh, in the clouds of the College Football Hall of Fame. So a couple of things I want to point out. First of all, I totally got Mandela affected this year uh, because somebody posted on Twitter that the rapper from Kansas City Tech 9 had died, but it was a Tech 9 from somewhere else. And I literally found out via Reddit like four days ago that the rapper from Kansas City Tech 9 is still alive. Uh, and also, <laughs> the, the only other two people that I will allow you to argue with Vince Young for greatest football player of all time, at least for college. Archie Griffin, back-to-back Heismans, I think it's hard to argue there. Uh, and then maybe Bo Jackson is another one. Bo, yeah. Yeah, you, you, it's hard to – but those are, those are really the only couple of that I will entertain. I, I mean, it, I'll just say this, and, and, and we, this could be a whole other podcast, but um, the, the crazy thing is, is you could actually make a case just because he has the greatest highlight reel probably of all time that Reggie Bush deserves to be in that conversation. However, he did not deserve the Heisman over Vince Young by any stretch of the imagination. That was proved uh, a little bit after that, that trophy was presented. But uh, but truly the most electric college football player of all time was Reggie Bush. So um, I see how the bias 
did us in, but uh, but yeah, I think I think the list is is your two SEC running backs, Herschel Bow. If you really want to throw Tebow in there, but I wouldn't I wouldn't deign it. Nor Cam Newton. They're all really good, but Vince a, a cut above. My favorite moment from that post Rose Bowl was Vince using the trophy to make the Heisman pose, screaming, "Who's the Heisman?" Uh, <laughs> that's the one that people don't talk about because it's real petty from Vince. But as someone who's pet who petty is their native tongue, I absolutely love it. So my bang the drum this week there were two of them that i really want to talk about one if you haven't seen tom herman at the duncanville uh playoff game um it's real funny it's on my personal twitter just go check it out it's real real funny uh but i'm banging the drum this week on uh the little brother red river shootout so there was a lot of talk and scuttlebutt that Texas and Texas A&M would be reunited for a Big 12 SEC matchup in the Texas Bowl. And then depending on who you read, who you follow, one, the other, both of these teams did not want to play each other if it wasn't a marquee matchup. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it like I always have. One, I'm glad that Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, probably going to be back for that game. I think that that'll be a decent game. Uh, I am pulling very, very much for Oklahoma State. It takes a lot to get me to do that whole cheer for your conference thing, but playing A&M will be the thing. And we're talking today at at work. I, I live in Oklahoma. I was talking to some OU fans, and they were giving me grief about it. And I'll I'll say what I always say when we talk about Texas playing Texas A&M. I am fine if these teams never play again for the simple fact that no matter what trajectory these two teams are on, the lasting memory of this matchup is Texas A&M getting run on by the lesser McCoy brother. If these two teams never play again, they can hold the Case McCoy L for the rest of eternity. Until the sun expands and swallows the earth, they can hold the Case McCoy L. No matter, they they could actually put a real date on Jimbo's trophy. They won't, but they could, and they would still hold the Case McCoy L. They could do it for the rest of eternity. I'm fine with them never playing again, because you know what? You ran. Because you were tired of being in our shadow. And now you're still in a shadow. And you're never going to be out of the shadow. Enjoy the coolness in the shade. Hold the L. It's beautiful. Uh, that's my new ringtone. Um, no, this is this is fantastic. I just love this is like the little brother bowl. Like this is uh, this is basically Case McCoy, the, the little brother, but the uh, the the littlest of brothers. It's like Ronnie Manziel versus I don't know uh, Marchy Griffin. I don't know. This is this is just such a a watered down B team. It's like the uh, <laughs> like the 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 NBA players once the monsters stole their energy. This is this is uh, this is like if you go to China and they've stolen your intellectual property. Property and they've they've done a really bad knockoff of it. This is the you tell the, me this the, is the Foxconn Red River shootout. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we're dealing with here. So uh, everyone tune in. Um, this is the 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 battle of the mullet versus the battle of the guy named Jimbo. So the the countryest little brother uh, hoedown showdown that you you ever didn't want to see. But uh, yeah, yeah. 
even the colors. It's like the colors on your TV are wrong. The orange is wrong. The reddish <laughs> color is wrong. It's it's legitimately like when you take a photocopy of a photocopy, this is what you get. And on that petty note, that's all we've got for you this week. Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter for all the goods at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Shoot us an email, Longhorn Republic Pod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook him. Hook him. Tom Herman looked like his first trip to Black Church. Mm-hmm.